listening to the Indie Echo Podcast, a showcase of independent singers, songwriters, and musicians. I'm Jordan of High Five Music. Today we are joined by Emily Pottist, a composer from Washington, D.C., who recently released her new album, Machines of Sound. So I'm Emily Pottis, and I am originally from Pennsylvania. And I moved to DC in 2006 after I graduated from college and love it here in DC. So I now kind of consider DC my hometown, but it's super vibrant and exciting here. So I grew up in a small town and I wanted to, I wanted something more. I wanted to move into a city and my two options were Pittsburgh and DC. And DC just had a better job market. And so, so I work with computers and I have a computer job right now, which I'm super thankful and feel super fortunate, especially during COVID that I've been able to work from home. So I feel like that's been really awesome and definitely counting my blessings with that. And it's definitely helped me writing music and things after work. Have you always had these musical ambitions, like growing up? The answer is no, but I was always surrounded by music growing up. So my dad is a musician, songwriter. Growing up, he had this really cool music studio in our basement. And my sister and I thought it was super cool. So we'd sneak down or pretend like we were recording music videos. That is super cool. I wish I had that. Yeah. Bon Jovi, we made some Bon Jovi music videos. And so I just remember thinking it was really cool and showing my friends when they came over. I took piano lessons starting from age nine. And I didn't love taking piano lessons, but my parents were like, you're gonna thank us someday. And I was like, ah, I don't know. But but I, I do thank them now for that. So that was kind of my musical training. And I didn't have ambitions of writing until I was older. There's two artists that are like super influential in my music and writing. One of them is Jan Tiersen and the other one's Seeger Rose. But what happened was I finished taking piano lessons. I was I was free. I didn't have to play piano anymore. I was pretty decent at piano. I just I didn't love playing Mozart and Bach and and all that stuff. I think it was in college I saw the movie. Have you seen the movie Amelie? A while ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that and hearing the score for it and I was like this music is awesome and it made me want to play the piano again. I was like I really want to be able to play this and learn how to play this song so I had to it was hard to find the piano book I had to look it up on eBay or something at the time and I ordered it a copy from France. I think the shipping fee was something crazy like I don't know 20 bucks but I was like I have to get this music came in the mail and I was like, this is so cool. And I started playing and it really revived my interest in piano and music. And that's when I realized I didn't have to play Bach or Mozart. Classical composers, they get a lot of props for being very complex in a lot of their work. But I find that some of the most memorable music is more simple. 
totally, totally. You can even start with a simple melody and evolve into something greater, which is some of my favorite music and scores as well. It made the music more accessible because when I heard the songs, I was like, this is beautiful music and this is really moving music, but it's something I could play. I felt like it was something I could write and I didn't have to play an F sharp major, you know, crazy arpeggios and notes all over the place. It could be something simple. And so after that, I was like, I want to write a song. So I think this was 2004 or 2005. I was feeling in this super emotional place and decided that I wanted to try writing a song. I didn't know really anything about music theory at the time. And I was just like, I would, everything was based on ear, what sounds good. Sit down by the piano and I'm like channeling my inner emotions and write this song. And I decided to title it Seasons End. I play it for a couple friends and a couple people and they're like, yeah, we like that. That's pretty cool. Can you can you play that season end song again? And I was like, sure. So it was like my party trick, like playing seasons end and that and some Jan Tiersen songs. So eventually, as mentioned, my dad has a recording studio. So I was like, hey, what would you think of recording me playing that song? And then some other like Jan Tiersen and maybe some Smashing Pumpkins music, you know, different music I collected that I liked. And then that one song that I wrote. And he was like, sure. I recorded on his keyboard and put this together, this little CD, and it was like Emily Pottis' piano album. I was like so excited. I did my artwork for it and printed it out on like an inkjet printer. And I think I shared it with a couple friends and some family members. And I thought they would listen to it maybe once or twice. Over the next couple of years, I would have family members come to me and actually um, a really good friend who was also in the music industry. So I really like valued her opinion and judgment. And they were like, wow, I just, I love listening to your piano CD when I'm feeling down or feeling stressed. And I was like, really? I was like, you still listen to that? that? That's cool. And so it really kind of planted a seed, the idea that my music could touch other people and could help them. And As an artist, always getting your first major work out there is like a big deal, just, just personally. Like you don't even care if people hear it necessarily but if someone does then it's like oh you, yeah what you listen to me me yeah totally because i think my one friend was she had this blog and it was like name some of your favorite songs and one of them was season's end by emily pottis and i was like what like really so i thought that was super cool after college i was actually in a band for about a half a year i was in the band carousel rogues and they ended up moving to nashville which they still are they're playing music awesome bands recommend checking them out my friend caitlin was like hey do you want to play keyboards with us and i was like sure i haven't played for a long time but why not i played with them and i was pretty bad at practicing so i it was kind of embarrassing we played at a couple of venues in baltimore and i took my sheet music on stage with me and i remember one of my friend's dad was like Emily kind of scowls when she looks at the audience. And <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I was just reading my piano sheet music. And so it was like an interesting experience. I wouldn't say I was a great performer on stage, but it was super fun, like meeting other musicians and being involved in that scene. 
going back to um, Sigur Rose, especially their untitled album. Yeah, so good. Simple piano melodies yes. that just build over time, and it's like the most euphoric and atmospheric thing. And actually, I'm glad you brought them up because they are another super influential band to me. And so they're actually probably the reason that I do YouTube videos and wanted to start out with that. I somehow discovered the Seeger Rose. You've probably seen this video, Untitled Number One, the one where it's like the little kids wearing the gas mask and it's like super epic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember seeing that and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, this song is epic and it's so moving and it's so beautiful. And I was like, I don't know if it's the video or the music or the combination, but it, it just like was really moving. That for me was a turning point when I realized that I actually really liked the visual elements that music brought along as well. And I think that was one of the first time I heard music where it felt like time stood still and it felt like it was almost otherworldly. Talking about the visual element, that is a good segue to your new album, yes. Machines of Sound, available now. Each track, it's very visually evocative for me. So like within 10 seconds, I'm in a film scene, I'm in a game score or something like that. Was that intentional? Do you like see things when you make your music? So Machines of Sound, which I am super excited about, this is going to be my first full album release during COVID, I've been able to work from home, which is awesome, super thankful for. And I've also been able to focus on things I'm passionate about and kind of figure out like, what do I want to do with my life? What are what are passion things that I want to focus on? I started playing around in GarageBand and Logic Pro. And typically before that, you know, I'm primarily a pianist and keyboard player, but I was like, yeah, it'd be kind of fun to play around in Logic Pro synthesizers and, and see what happens. I took one of my piano sounds and I tried to add some synthesizers to it. It added like some arpeggiated bass and some some different effects on it. And I was like, hmm, this actually, this sounds kind of cool. So let me email it to my friend, Brian, who's kind of a music enthusiast as well. Brian responds and he's like, this is cool. He's like, I think this could be the beginning of something epic. And I was like, huh, okay, well, maybe I won't throw it out then. Like, and my parents, I love emailing my parents all my songs. I, they're my number one fans. And they're like, yeah, we like this. It sounds like it could be part of a a movie or a film. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. the visual element uh, what I did was like well I want to share this and I want to see what other people think so for me my way of sharing music is through YouTube once I create a song I try to think of like what visual element I have in mind so for that one I was like definitely okay it's got to be electronic looking you know maybe some music wave so I had this app on my phone where you can create the music video for it something to kind of display what I thought it sounded like visually and it's the synthwave machine, the first song 
on the album that kind of honestly I think it's kind of my favorite one from the album and it kind of started everything off so I posted it on YouTube read it a couple places I was just curious let me throw it out into the world and see what happens see what kind of response I get from it so I did and surprisingly you know a fair amount of friends were like whoa this is really cool yeah yeah I definitely like it so I was like okay well maybe maybe I could try out doing more of this synthesizer stuff like kind of fun so I just got into this writing mode where I was writing a song like I went through a three or four week period where I was sometimes writing a couple songs a day I wasn't even sleeping that much because I was just had this really strong drive to like just keep writing songs. You know how they talk about flow state with music? Mm. And I'm sure you know as a musician that it's kind of hit or miss. With each song, I would just kind of like after writing it. So the first thing was like trying to think of the emotions that I wanted to convey with each song. And then the later part was the visual element. Are there particular composers or film scores that directly inspire you? The fourth song, Atticus Dreaming, was very heavily inspired by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. They did this soundtrack for Social Network, which I love. Great, great score. Simple piano, super emotional, kind of like a minor key. And so that was for sure the inspiration for Atticus Dreaming. The song was actually inspired after watching the show Normal People, which is on Hulu. And I remember I was like, this show is so emotional and I don't know why. But I w- it got to the point where I was like crying almost every other episode. And I was like, why am I so emotional? Hardly anything is happening in this show. And in a way, I was like, that's how I feel about how I want to write music, where it's like, you know, notes moving very slowly from note to note, but at the same time, somehow able to convey a lot of motion. One thing I just want to mention is that you did a great job of titling your songs because they all sound like they're titles. Thank you. And, and was that a conscious decision? Did you I appreciate that. go back and forth on different names? It definitely was a conscious decision. The album title was originally supposed to be a theory of everything because I'm really into quantum physics, like the pop science type. So I was trying to like come up with these names that were like quantum physics-y. But as I started writing it, I was like, no, that's not the name of the album. And so I started hearing like it it was kind of mechanical and just electronic things. And I was like, okay, what are different ways that I can word that? That's where I came up with Machines of Sound. And then after I came up with a name, which I think I'd written maybe three or four songs at that point, I then wanted the theme to be different types of machines. So that's when I wrote like Cloud Machine, which is supposed to sound like literally a cloud machine. So some of the songs I actually came up with the name first and then wrote the song second. The album is divided into two types of songs. We have the ambient, calm, piano, 
synth noises. And then we've got the electronic, more up-tempo, more upbeat stuff. And my dad, the musician, it was like, because I want us to actually divide the album in half. All the slow songs in the beginning, all the fast songs at the end. My dad's like, no, 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 you got to mix it up. I am excited about my YouTube channel, so I would encourage folks to check that out. YouTube.com slash EmilyPottist1. The first YouTube video I ever published was 2016. And what happened was I had written a song. This is, I think this is like the second song I had ever written. The song was in memory of my sister who had passed away in 2009. She was my older sister. She was like my number one fan of everything. Like she was just always sticking up for me. And we definitely fought, we were definitely siblings, but she just thought I was so cool. And I was like, why does she think I'm cool? But. I had gone through the grief process over a period of many years. And actually, music was something that really helped me get through that grief process. And in some ways, I felt like I almost felt her in the music that I was listening to. And I was almost able to connect with her on this on this level. And it was just it was just something that really helped me get through certain times and through certain emotions. And I wanted to write a song for her. We had an, an ongoing joke that she nicknamed me once E minor. And the story behind that is I used to be in a band, as I mentioned before, Carousel Rogues. And we met up with another band and the guy in the other band thought it would be funny to call me E minor. So if you're familiar with music theory and music notes, you know that E minor chord looks like capital E lowercase m. So it's kind of like my name, M. And so my sister saw someone post that on MySpace and she thought that was like super cool. So she called me E minor and I was like, all right, well, if I'm E minor, then you're E major because she was my older sister and her name also started with E, Aaron. In my head, I was like, I'm gonna write a song for her and it has to be an E major because that's her key, like that's her. I'd only written and played stuff in minor keys before because I really into like melancholy emotional music. So it was a bit of a struggle to write in my first major chord song. But, you know, I sat down, I wrote it on the keyboard, added some little effects here in GarageBand. I was like, I feel like this is better than the anything I've ever written, which is the one other song. <laughs> when I realized that I liked it and I wanted to share it with, my family and my friends. So we had this Facebook site for my sister, like in memory of her. And the only way that I could share it with people was through basically making a, a YouTube video because it was really accessible and something that people could click on and listen to. It, you know, they didn't have to have any app installed like SoundCloud or Spotify or whatever. They could just straight up listen to the video. That's what I did. I, I found some stock footage of some clouds floating, someone floating through the sky. And I posted it and I got a lot of, you know, people just saying like, oh, this is so beautiful. Thanks so much for posting this. And other people were like, oh, I cried listening to this. And it was just really, really great to hear that it did touch other people. And I was able to put that piece of work out there in memory of her. That was kind of my start in YouTube.
Do you use Logic Pro too? Um, I love it. I use Ableton. Oh, you do. Got it. So one thing, one thing with Ableton is I noticed it didn't have musical notation, which was since I write some of the notation. Sometimes I'll write like computer notes first and notation, and I realized that it didn't have that in Ableton. In but. Logic, you, you can export the notation as MIDI, right? Yeah. So in Logic Pro, you can you can view the notation right in there. And like you can view the the MIDI version of it, and then also the actual notation. I haven't exported it yet, but I'm sure that you can. And there are still things I'm learning with it all the time. I initially got into it because a lot of the producers I look up to, they'll DJ as well. So I've done a bunch of DJing, oh, cool. and Ableton is great for remixing on the fly and doing mashups and things like that. Nice. Yeah, I saw in one of your photos. I was like, that is an epic looking crowd that you are you are DJing to. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some DC anime conventions that have like a rave section what? of the night, and I, I've done those before. Like wa Washington, DC? Yeah. I'm missing out, obviously. And Pennsylvania. So both your necks of the woods, I, I've been there. There we go. <laughs> there we go. All right. 2022. My probably highest profile thing was I went to uh, UMBC in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. Okay. And right at their peak, it wasn't homecoming, it was like their spring concert series or whatever. Their headliner was Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, like okay. at Peak Thrift Shop. Nice. I had done like different student events and just like smaller dance parties. They don't really have frats there or anything, so it wasn't like that. But okay, okay. Their events person contacted me like, "We need someone to open and what? you know pump up the crowd before them." Oh my gosh, that's awesome. super excited about this album really curious to see how people react to it and hoping to get a good amount of people to hear it and really what i want to do next and what i want to keep keep doing is of course writing music and i, I really want to grow as a musician and grow as a composer and I'm, I'm actually taking lessons right now at the washington conservatory of music with awesome teacher his name is jeffrey and he i really want to grow in my music theory in, in the sense that like i do use music as a language and i like that it's a universal language and it can speak things to people that words can't and i i think it can evoke emotions that words can right now i have a certain vocabulary and my goal is to expand on that vocabulary so i can tell bigger stories my goal is to keep keep moving, keep writing. I would love to, at least on the side at some point, write music for for films or, you know, independent films, whatever, anything. Just because I feel like a lot of music that I've shared with some people, they're like, it sounds like it should be in a movie or you sound like you should write for films or TV. And I was like, that would be awesome. I would love to do that. Machines of Sound is available wherever you get your music. Links to the album and Emily's YouTube can be found in the show notes. To hear her music and all the other artists featured on Indie Echo, you can follow the show's Spotify playlist from the Instagram link on at Indie Echo Podcast. Indie Echo is a production of High Five Music, an online production studio that turns your bedroom pop songs into Spotify-ready hits. Do you or someone you know want to be featured on the show? Let me know by filling out the contact form link on Instagram at High Five Music. Thank you for listening, and I hope to see you next time.